0: You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everyone. Tim McMaster here along with our MLB.com Red Sox reporter, Ian Brown. And, Ian, you look at this team. They start this West Coast trip, and it's all offense, and they get two blowout wins. They really own the Oakland Athletics this season, And then Sunday, they get one of their best pitching performances of the entire season from Eduardo Rodriguez. He takes a no-hitter into the eighth inning, and the offense just completely goes away and then kind of stays away on Monday. Let's start on Sunday, though. Uh, We'll get into how good the offense was a little bit as well. But on Sunday, you see what Eduardo Rodriguez was able to put together, and... I'm not saying the Red Sox expected him all season to be a guy who could take a no-hitter into the eighth, but they thought he could be a number two type starter, and he certainly looked the part. Is he finally where the team hoped he would be all season long, if not for that knee injury way back in spring training?
1: Yeah, this guy has pitched great since the uh, you know since the All-Star break, since he came back from Pawtucket, and you know he had no-hit stuff in Baltimore uh, a few weeks ago, about uh, three weeks. Three weeks ago now, and he came out of that game after four no-hit innings with a little uh, hamstring strain, and that set him back a little. And it was great to see him, you know, in a second start back, kind of pitch just as good, probably better than he was that night in Baltimore. So yeah, he's uh, he looks like an upper rotation pitcher right now, and a guy you want to have going down the, into the stretch of a pennant race here.
0: You look at the way he's pitching. You look at how Drew Pomeranz is pitching, although he continues to just kind of be a tough luck guy on this team. And then David Pry, I mean, this rotation now looks like i think what the team was hoping it would be if the bullpen can can kind of fill in this this pitching staff as a whole is strong all last week during the podcast we obviously went heavy on the call up of yuan mancata And now we've kind of had our first impressions of Makata. And so far, pretty good. Four for 13. He's got a double. Uh, He's kind of shown off the tools, the athleticism, the arm a little bit. Um, He's also had some strikeouts, which I think you can expect from a young player coming up to the big leagues. But what can you kind of take, Ian, from seeing this guy on the field through his first uh, weekend, basically, of playing baseball in the majors?
1: Yeah, one of the most eye-opening things he's seen is his arm strength from third base. I mean, the guy has a uh, a cannon of an arm, and I think there were some questions about his defense. But he's looked, uh, you know, to me he's looked really good on defense and really comfortable at third base. And he, you know, I think that he can give him a real lift. You know, the interesting thing to follow is going to be, uh, you know, when the guys start to develop a scouting report on him offensively, is he going to be able to adjust? He saw the Padres really expose him on Monday with curveballs, so and he couldn't. Uh, he couldn't handle a bunch of curveballs from from Edwin Jackson. So you know, these are all things we're going to watch, and uh, it'll be you know right now he's playing every day against right-handers. It's going to be interesting to see if he can sort of uh, keep that job or if uh, Travis Shaw is going to you know hit his way back into the mix. Or just how this whole thing is going to unfold here in the next few weeks, the final few weeks of the season.
0: You mentioned Edwin Jackson, and the whole team had trouble with Edwin Jackson. 11 strikeouts um, for Jackson in that game. For an offense that looks so good on Friday and Saturday in in Oakland, and Edwin Jackson's not a guy that you expect to be able to come out and, and do that sort of thing, what has suddenly happened to this offense? Just everybody's suddenly cooling off at once?
1: Uh, I mean, Tim, this has been kind of the story of the whole second half where you know, this offense either scores 10 or 15 runs or they score 2 or 3. It's really kind of maddening to watch because you just see, uh, you know, the first uh, four games of this road trip have been a microcosm of really much of the season, where I think they scored uh, 27 runs over two games in Oakland and then have scored one in the last two games. So they've got to find a happy medium here and find out, you know, a way to push some runs across in some of these lower scoring games. You figured on Monday after Chris Young hit a pinch hit home run, and then Aaron Hill hit a pinch-hit double, that was going to kind of give the team a spark, and then they – Swung another rally with just a bizarre play where Sandy Leone, uh, you know, swung and missed at a pitch that hit him. Uh, it would have been a pass ball if it, hit, if it didn't hit him. But uh, well, as soon as the ball hits him, it's a dead ball. It's just kind of indicative of the way things have sort of gone for this team uh, a little bit over the last
0: few weeks. You mentioned Travis Shaw and obviously, you know, the, the battle to maybe get back some of that playing time at third. He could also see more time in the outfield, right? I mean, I don't know how much room there is there as well. But uh, you have an article up right now, Ian, about the the possibility of Travis Shaw roaming the outfield a little more.
1: Yeah, I mean, they just trying. I mean, he had a monster game on Friday night. Uh, it happened to be the same game when was called up, and they had already said McCuller was going to be making his debut the next day. So Shaw sits, even after having five RBIs on Friday. Of course, Hanley's been so hot, also. So the John Farrell's is trying to find a way to to get Shaw in there, and I think it'll be easy right now while well, um, you know Benintendi remains out. But you know once Benintendi comes back, in the ten days or you know whenever he comes back, then then how are you going to get Travis Shaw in there? So I don't think it's a certainty that Mika- I think McCaw is really going to have to earn um, that playing time. He's really going to have to hit here because uh, you know if he looks exposed or just like the inexperience is getting to him, I could see them going back to. Uh, Going back to Travis Shaw if he wants to get another one of those little hot streaks that he can get on.
0: You mentioned Ben Intendi, and apparently a little ahead of schedule. Obviously, when when new players deal with injuries like this, you're not sure how long they'll they'll be out, whether some guys they call quick healers, some guys not. Uh, It seems like Ben Intendi's on the mend quickly. You said maybe 10 days?
1: Yeah, I could see something like that. I mean, uh, he's already getting back into baseball activity here. He's been. He took batting practice with the team yesterday. He got a knee brace on today that will help with some of that lateral movement. And, uh, you know, I know he's not going to return on this, on this road trip, but I could see uh, you know things keep progressing, maybe by next week he's, he's ready to, to get back into it here. So, you know, thought 22-year-old bones tend to heal a lot quicker than, the, you know, than when you get a little older. So he's got youth on his side here, and he seems encouraged by the way he's feeling And, uh, you know, this is a really good sign because he was really helping this team out uh, before he got hurt.
0: We were talking early on about, you know, the rotation and how it seems to kind of be rounding into form here. Uh, The bullpen gets Koji Urihara back. How big a lift, how needed is he at this point? Because some of these guys in that bullpen in the the middle relief roles seem to be kind of getting to that point where they're pitching on fumes here late in September, and, and this team needs that fresh arm.
1: Yeah, no. Koji is a big for this team. If he can give them any kind of lifts here uh, and locate that that splitter, you know, he's throwing about 86, 87 now. Uh doesn't throw quite as hard as he used to, but if he can swap that thing and put it where he needs to and get the sink on it, you know, he's got the experience. He's not going to get rattled by any situation. He could be, uh, you know, he could be a really important piece of this team down the stretch. So it's important that they get uh, that they get Koji going here. And uh, you know, we could see Koji pitch as early as tonight. I know John Farrell said he's going to use him in probably two to three low-leverage situations before he kind of puts him back out there, uh, you know, with the game on the line. So we're going to have to see how it goes. But Cody was pitching pretty well there right before he got hurt. So hopefully he can uh, he can pick pick up from where he left off there.
0: Yeah, low leverage situations is easier said than done, I think. But maybe the Red Sox can put up another 12-13 run game and they can get them out there. One more thing I wanted to touch on with you, Ian, in this podcast is this is the time of year where all 30 teams unveil their Roberto Clemente Award nominees. Um, It's become a very important award in Major League Baseball about what players do off the field as far as helping the community and kind of giving back. And this is an award the Red Sox have had some great nominees in the past. Tim Wakefield's won it. Uh, They've had guys win this award. Brock Holt is the 2016 nominee for the Red Sox. What does Brock do away from the game of baseball to help out around Boston?
1: Yeah, Brock is one of those guys, he does everything, Tim. So uh, if the team has a cause, he can be pretty sure that uh, brock holt is doing something to support it he's the team's co-captain for the uh, for the jimmy fund uh, he's the leader for their home base program which helps uh... you know uh, military guys who are having like post-traumatic stress and things like that and he's just always you see kids who come to fenway for um, charity or sick patients or something And the one thing you always see is brock holt out there <laughs> kind of interacting with them giving them a laugh and uh, his wife Lakin is also very involved in this whole thing. So uh they're just a great family who really get what uh what Boston is all about and uh the community spirit that goes along with, with playing for the Red Sox. So couldn't think of a better uh, a better nominee for that award than uh than Mr. Holt. So it's it's well deserved and uh you know, hopefully he wins the
0: thing. And the actual award will be announced during, I believe. I know it's the postseason, I believe it's the World Series, uh, the winner yeah, of the yeah. award officially will be announced and will usually be on hand at that World Series game. All right, great stuff, Ian. Thanks for joining us from the West Coast as the Red Sox continue to play this important road trip here in early September. Two more in San Diego, and then they hit one more stop along the way on the way back to Boston. This has been MLB.com Extras, our Red Sox edition. For Ian Brown, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next week.